Hi everyone, this is Mary Jane. Welcome to Mary Jane French Novice, a show where I talk to people about subjects that they're very passionate about that I know little to nothing about. This week on the show, I talked to Benji Saunders about Bigfoot, which was just such a fun conversation. And Benji is such a fun person to see. Whenever Benji's a comic here in Richmond, and whenever I see him at a show, I'm always delighted to catch up and talk to him and just a fun just good company, honestly. And yeah, big fan. Big, big foot fan. Anyway, let's get right down to it. Bigfoot, well, I'll start with this. A lot of people ask me, do I believe in Bigfoot? Mm -hmm. Which I always say, I don't necessarily believe in Bigfoot, but I believe in people who believe in Bigfoot. (laughs) That sounds like when people are trying to gently break the news to someone that Santa's not real. What? 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 Just like like when when, when a kid's like 8 or 10 and they're like, Asking, like, you know, they're having that, like, first existential crisis. It's the one that leads up to does God exist? Of, like, you know, maybe maybe Santa's not real. And parents are like, well, you know, Santa is real in my heart. And so it's, like, real in a way. And I hope Bigfoot is real. Okay. You have, you, you're, you're an optimist. I'm an optimist, but probably not a believer. Okay. You're not, you know, if someone, if someone gave you hard evidence that Bigfoot wasn't real, you wouldn't, like, throw your life away. Right. And see... Like, a lot of people ask why I got why I'm so interested in Bigfoot. Well, I grew up in the seventies, mm-hmm. you know, and Bigfoot was you know big then, literally. <laughs> that was Bigfoot fifteen minutes. That of fame. was his highlight, man. Because in the late sixties, there was you've probably seen the little movie, the Patterson Gimlin movie. It's like the Zerpreda film of Bigfoot. I actually I haven't, but I have okay. seen Harry and the Hendersons, which okay. is definitely Bigfoot inspired. Well. That is, that was a little bit later. It was, it was in the 80s. But there was a a movie, it's a short, it's like 59 seconds of Bigfoot footage. Oh, okay, so so you're just talking about like a clip. Yes. Okay, I probably have seen that. And it's... I thought you were talking about like something with credits. No, it was done in like 1967 by these Mm -hmm. two guys, Patterson and one was named Gimlin. Mm -hmm. And the weird part about it was the Patterson guy wrote a book in the late 60s about Bigfoot, which Mm -hmm. was... Just basically clippings, newspaper clippings, and drawn pictures. And I think he got really pissed off because the scientific community thought it was just a joke. (laughs) So he decides that he's going to make a film about Bigfoot. Okay. Sort of like a... um, 
Oh, no, it was going to be, the story was there was going to be a cowboy, mm-hmm. which was going to be him, and his the other guy was going to be his Indian uh, tracker, you know, that mm-hmm. they went out into the woods and they ran into Bigfoot. Okay. So randomly, while they're working on this project, mm-hmm. lo and behold, what happens? They run into Bigfoot. They run into Bigfoot. <laughs> First of all, I just want to address the fact that this person's plan for... What? They don't take my, my, my scrapbook seriously? I'll show them. I'll oh. make a fictional film, <laughs> film about a, it. A film off of a script that I wrote about Bigfoot. I will, I will convince them through the power of storytelling. Well, and, and this video has been played you know, over and over mm. again. And it's been studied. You can find scientists who say this clearly isn't someone in a costume because... You see no seams. And then you can watch somebody else. This is clearly a fraud because mm. you can see seams. Or uh, The weird part about it is they were making a film about Bigfoot. And you mm. would think they would have to have a Bigfoot costume. Yeah. But none of them ever mentioned a Bigfoot costume being Having... made for it. Mm-hmm. Which to me would have been the first thing you would probably want to secure. <laughs> Before you went to make a movie about Bigfoot. So there's a lot of questions about that. The guy did pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I've read articles where in a short span of like seven years, he made $75,000 back in the 70s, which wasn't bad for selling this clip for Bigfoot documentaries. Yeah. And then when I was growing up, you know, we had tons of Bigfoot documentaries. We had uh, $6 million Man. I don't mm-hmm. know if you're familiar with that show. I'm I'm familiar with the title of the show, and I'm familiar with We Have the Technology. We Have the Technology, and Bigfoot was mm-hmm. also on that show from time to time, played by Andre the Giant. Okay. And then there were other shows. There was one called uh, Bigfoot and Wild Boy, Okay, which was a Saturday morning cartoon where an, some kid, as a baby, walks into the woods and Bigfoot takes him in and raises him as his own and then they solve like crimes. <laughs> and it That's is my favorite thing is, I've ever seen. It's you can find it on YouTube. I feel like Bigfoot needs a resurgence in like twenty seventeen. He really does. I, I feel I feel like like all the media that you're saying, like if it was made now, like because I feel like for the past like four years, the big thing has been like Making something that sounds ridiculous, but some, but for some reason actually has a lot of emotional intelligence and heart to it, and is legitimately a good piece of media, whether it's a TV show mm-hmm. or a movie. Just like, I, like I think Guardians of the Galaxy is the epitome of that, where it's like you know, got a talking raccoon and a, and mm-hmm. a tree, and then like you know, all of the like things that sound really silly on paper, but then it's like, oh wow, this is like I, I just feel like for the last like four, maybe to eight years, that's been a big push that's been being made and that i feel like is what it would be if any of this was made today well they need to revisit it well in many ways i guess you could say bigfoot was the first fake news okay you know mm-hmm. a lot of the stories and that's the problem today because there's not really any stories that come out that really back it up I, there are scientists who study mm-hmm. bigfoot and bigfoot think scientists. it's a real yes one i Podiatrists. saw speak <laughs> sorry yes <laughs> Very nice. I did see one speak when I went to uh, a Bigfoot convention. Uh-huh. This has been probably five years ago. His name's Meldrum. He's a professor at the University of Idaho, anthropologist. 
And at this Bigfoot convention, it was in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. We go up. Uh, it was a two-day convention. First day was UFOs. I missed that. Day two was all Bigfoot. And he gets up and Headliner. makes like, Yes. You know, <laughs> he was the big headliner. He gets up and makes this really boring speech mm. about some trip he had taken to Russia. And they, of course, didn't find anything. Uh-huh. And then he ends it with... Does he, he know Bigfoot's American? That's right. <laughs> and then he basically says that he didn't think that there were any Bigfoot in Pennsylvania because it was too urban. And there's a lot of people out there who give the movement a bad name. And I was like, you know, I didn't pay five bucks for science here. Is Pennsylvania... Wait, so Pennsylvania is where the convention was? Yes. Okay. It was a community college outside of Pittsburgh. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And we're probably talking 400 people. I thought I thought he just picked Pennsylvania arbitrarily for no, a No, he was, he was asked to come. Okay. And uh, then the next guy gets up, and his name was Stan Gordon. If you ever have a chance to look his website up, brilliant. This guy goes into everything from dinosaurs living in Pennsylvania... Giant pterodactyls, mm-hmm. Bigfoot being an alien, and when Bigfoot dies, it turns into an orb of light mm-hmm. and ascends into the heavens, mm-hmm. uh, which you can't disprove that. Tr- yeah. I cannot disprove <laughs> that. Disprove There's that. not anything that I can conjure up that discredits that. Uh, he necessarily was, he was genius there was chemtrails involved there was there was a lot going on with him and I was like this is what I spent my money for <laughs> and they physically had to like remove him from the stage because he just wanted to keep going <laughs> and beautiful. at that point the next uh, person was the Bigfoot sketch artist mm. who they call in when Bigfoot is seen and this guy draws him like a police artist mm. I made it through like five minutes of him and we got the hell out of there but there were clearly two camps there were people there to make fun of it mm-hmm. and people there who really really believed it and you when you started laughing the people who really really believed it just would turn around and give you really shitty looks <laughs> I got away with it because I had a shirt with Bigfoot on it that just says I believe that yeah. I bought specifically for that thing mm-hmm. so so that's when I first realized there were people really into it. And I started reading more about it. And usually sightings, there's one of three things. Mm-hmm. It's a hoax. That's usually the biggest one. Uh-huh. Most common. Most common. Two, they mistake it for something. Usually okay. a bear. Okay. Uh, a lot of the sightings turn out to be uh, bears. And then... Makes sense. The third thing, they're actually, as I said, scientists out there who believe it and... Their theory is that there were these giant apes, which did exist. Gigantopithecus was the name of these giant apes about 100,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. They lived in Asia. And they found jaw bones. They found teeth. These things were usually 9 to 10 feet, Mm -hmm. 1,000, 1,500 pounds. Mm -hmm. Basically, that's what King Kong was based on. Okay. So there are scientists who believe... I love that King Kong was based on something that was 10 feet tall. 10 feet tall, yes. Supposed so he was like, like... Supposed to be like three stories. Yes, he was like a, one of these jitos with, you know, adrenal problems or something. Yeah. So, so when the... Um, so they think that when the land bridge connected the continents that they migrated over mm-hmm. would end up in the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. And um, although... They have never found any skeletal remains, any fossils or anything of these things in North America. So they really can't prove this theory. But most scientists who buy into Bigfoot being real Mm -hmm. is based on this theory. Okay. So I have really seen no evidence to that 
but Being that's that is what they usually buy but, into if they think it's but real. But your official stance is you want to believe because your world would be a slightly brighter place. Yes, and plus it would be Big great to real. just have that on the news every night. <laughs> Every day. Every day. Plus... If, if Bigfoot became real, they would just... Every day for the rest of time, they would just do the news in the end and be like, by the way, Big Bigfoot Foot turned out to be real. Still real. <laughs> and plus, I would want to go see him in a cage at the state fair. I'm not lying. Okay. I got you. So no. Actually, the... Would PETA allow for that? That would be well, interesting. Here's also the big question. Do you believe... Well, because I feel like there's a couple camps... Of, you know, like the Bigfoot mythos. Mm-hmm. There's the science camp that's like, okay, it's a species of gorilla or or, or ape that. Um, so there, so by that nature, there would have to be at least a small but a but plural number of them, mm-hmm. and then and then there's the version where people view it like akin to Dracula, where it, where Bigfoot is a specific singular entity like the Loch Ness monster where it is a like specific timeless ageless creature well see that's the thing that's interesting about Bigfoot because in the United States there's different names for Bigfoot in Mm. different places true because there is just like Yeti Yetis like Himalayas there's Mm. one in and the Yeti version generally accepts it as just a species we don't see very often correct okay Whereas in United States, you've got, in Virginia, it's wood booger. That's what they call it. What? Wood booger is the name for Bigfoot in Virginia. Uh, I've lived here my whole life. and Never I, heard it. That, that being said, I'm, I'm, I've only ever lived in the two parts of Virginia that are like least Virginia-y. Most of the sightings are southwest Virginia. Okay. For, or, you know, the mountain areas. Then, you know, down in the south, you've got uh, swamp ape mm-hmm. uh, or skunk ape. They okay. call it Bigfoot sometime. And, you know, certain places it's Sasquatch. Ohio, the Midwest, it's like Grassman, I think they call him. Mm-hmm. So there's these different versions. But the weird thing, too, is that in just about every country, there is something akin to this. A giant, hairy man mm-hmm. thing that walks through the forest. Mm-hmm. And I think the only the continent... Never, inter- never interacts, is just spotted occasionally. Uh, spotted occasionally. I think the only continent is Antarctica where it has not been a sighting for one of these animals. Fair. So, But, uh, even, but even then, we do have uh, the abominable snowman as is essentially just snowy Bigfoot. Snowy Bigfoot. Which I don't know, I, I, I don't think that's specific to Antarctica, but like the point is we do have a snow... Ver- you know, if you're making right. Bigfoot action figures, you've got your God, snow- I wish... <laughs> but here's the thing. I think the question is if he's not real. Mm-hmm. The the study that would be even more interesting is why do so many people see creatures like this? Yeah, or or claim like why do so many people see them, or at least claim to see them? Right. Um, Which why is this a phenomenon? Like it's similar, like vampire. Like every culture has a vampire myth, mm-hmm. um, or for the most part. Um, and with big, I mean, one of the things that it definitely interests me about Bigfoot, like now that we're talking about it from this angle is like, there's no violent Bigfoot narrative. Like, I feel like with most of these, there's some sort of violence to it. Like Dracula, like, like, you know, vampires, like just keep going back to that. Well, like, you know, they are menacing. Bigfoot is not menacing. In well, it depends. Some pe- most people say 
uh, most of the scientists say Bigfoot is not anyone that's confrontational. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, if you see Bigfoot, just let him go on his way. Mm-hmm. I've read that he smells like rotten cabbage. There you go. Which I don't know what rotten cabbage smells like, so that really does me no good. But if you smell rotten cabbage, you may want to leave the area. Do not point your gun at him. Do mm-hmm. not try to capture him because he's pretty peaceful. Now, every once in a while, you'll get a story that pops up. One of the ones that is prevalent about once a year that is that I was attacked and sexually assaulted by Bigfoot. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's usually a male mm-hmm. that's telling the story. And that story pops up in some bizarre newspaper article every once in a while. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, Bigfoot has needs. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I. <laughs> so, I mean, if you're going to make up a Bigfoot story, that's not the one I would make up. <laughs> yeah, I would rather do like, I stumbled upon Bigfoot and he like put me into a saw situation mm-hmm. like and psychologically and physically tortured me for a weekend. And then as I walked away, pulled a Bill Murray and just said, no one will believe you. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird thing. And I, I know a lady, a good friend of mine, whose sister claims that she's seen him. Mm-hmm. That she was in a car with her boyfriend years ago, far southwest Virginia, making out, and Bigfoot looked in the window. And when they opened the car door, he ran away. Okay. Again, I don't believe that, but she believes it. She clearly she, believes she, it. She clearly is not doubting her own story. Right. So, okay. which is, is interesting how many of these people make it up and how many people actually believe it. Nice. Well, yeah. And in fact, uh, the Patterson-Gilman film, Gilman, but you know, he's still alive. At least he was alive last year, so he's got to be approaching 90. And he was pretty quiet about it. They never changed their story. They never said it was fake. Mm-hmm. They constantly said this is all true. They're consistent with it. But he did say a few years ago that he wished they had shot Bigfoot so they had evidence of mm-hmm. it and everyone would have believed So they could stuff it. So they could stuff it and everybody could go see it. So... I don't know. That's interesting. Sorry, I, I, just had, I just had a really random uh, thought of like, or, you know, if we end up finding Bigfoot far enough into the future, we can take some, you know, take some DNA, sell Bigfoot burgers. Ugh. If I ever had a band, I would want it to be called Space Bigfoot and the Chemtrails. That's beautiful. But I, First I album can't... would be the Glowing Orb. <laughs> Well, it's funny, at that convention, the guy was telling this story about a UFO landing crashing in Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. and that a a bunch of Bigfoots came walking off the UFO when it crashed. And Mm -hmm. there was this old guy sitting in front of us, and he, like, hits the lady next to him and pulls out this giant, like, photo album Mm -hmm. and starts going through these letters that are typed, clearly typewritten, like, President Bush or... Mm -hmm. Donald Rumsfeld, that mm-hmm. he's written these letters to those people, to those people wanting to know about this UFO crash. And I swear to God, he turns to the last page and there is this grainy picture of something like buried into the side of a hill mm-hmm. and a bunch of, I did not see any Bigfoot in it, but it was okay. clearly something that had crashed. Uh huh. And I was kind of frightened to go talk to the guy cause I figured I'd be there for the rest of the day. But <laughs> This guy had spent a lot of energy on this UFO crash, which this Stan Gordon said was tied to 
tied to Bigfoot in some way. That's awesome. So I... And he's written books about it. I would tell you, go to the Stan Gordon website, UFOs and Anomalies. Okay. It is... UFOsandanomalies.com? You just put in Stan Gordon and he comes up. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Just Google it. Yeah, or just put in Stan Gordon's mom's basement. <laughs> I think that also comes up that way. So, but yeah. So yeah, I've always been obsessed with Bigfoot. And unfortunately, I do have a resemblance, which gets me in trouble. <laughs> And I do own a Bigfoot suit, mm-hmm. which you all. I also know that you own a painting that I, a friend of yours bought from yes. the thrift store and added Bigfoot. Added to. a Bigfoot. There, it's like it's a, just like a it's just like a scenic shot of like a house in the and the woods in the mountains, and yeah. they just added Bigfoot by the mountain. It's like a Bob Ross with Bigfoot stuck in the middle of it. <laughs> Yeah, that hangs on the wall proudly. I think it's a really, I think, I think this is a very healthy fascination that brings you a lot of joy. Yeah, in fact, one of the, the way I got my Bigfoot outfit when I was getting ready, when we were going through the divorce and the wife was still living there and we were mm-hmm. fighting, she went away for the day. God, well, I'm sure I know what to do. But anyway, she uh, came home and she said, what did you do today? I said, I bought a Bigfoot suit online. <laughs> that was the start of the end, I believe. <laughs> What did you put your energy into? Yes. What did you do today after after our fight? What did you do to make this situation a little bit better? Oh, I indulged uh, a fascination that brings me a lot of pure joy. <laughs> I will say my Bigfoot suit. I mean, we're talking fifty years later, mm-hmm. and my Bigfoot suit looks nowhere as good as the Bigfoot in that little film. Mm-hmm. So, if that was a a man-made outfit. It was pretty damn it good. It was an impressive... Honestly... It was pretty damn good. You know what's also a pretty damn good man-made outfit? The costume from Harry and the Hendersons. It's not bad. It's really... I mean, the facial expression movements on it are really impressive to me. I was hoping that was going to bring Bigfoot back a little bit. Yeah, I mean... And for yeah, a little bit. That was the bit, 80s. After, that was the 80s. Mm-hmm. So it was about 10 years later. But yeah, it's just kind of fallen off the map. And <laughs> You know, there's no He's only foggily on the map to begin with. I know. Well, and it's also possible that maybe there was Bigfoot and he's gone extinct. Mm-hmm. That's another possibility. That is a possibility. That's that's what I always tell people about Elvis. That Elvis did fake his death, but he you know he's definitely dead. He's right got to be dead now. Yeah, because he like, he, he has, wasn't he, in good health. He at didn't that make point. it to 2017. Yeah. He just made it beyond. The 70s. Like maybe 86. Yeah, exactly. There was a great, uh, on the Bigfoot vein, back in the 70s, early 80s, there was a show called, I think it was called Finding Elvis, and it was hosted Mm -hmm. by Bill Bixby from The Hulk, Mm -hmm. and it was a weekly show for about five weeks where they followed leads Mm -hmm. of if Elvis was alive or not. That's beautiful. And I don't know if you can still find that anywhere or not, but it was... (laughs) So campy and so bizarre. It was it was good television. The seventies brought a lot of joy to me. You know, I think that's I think that's why this country's gone off track. There's no Bigfoot and there's no evil Knievel. Cause those were the two things that I lived for back in the seventies, and it's gone downhill ever since. <laughs> So that's Benji, everyone. Y'all can catch Benji on October 21st at Wonderland Ballroom, which is the show run by Marcelo Perez Rubio, who was our guest last week. 
and that is a fantastic show. The headliner that night is Keith Marcel. Definitely go on out. It's a free show. It's a great show. Just go out and support Richmond Comedy. It's a fantastic time. And then also Benji has a clean show coming up on November 10th at Tavern on the James in Scottsville, Virginia. The show is at 8 o'clock. Please go check that out. Uh, as always, I'm Mary Jane French. You can check out all of my comings and goings at maryjanefrench.com. Our theme song, as always, is recorded and written by the wonderful Sawyer Camden. Check out more of his stuff at warringtonva.bandcamp.com and padfoot.bandcamp.com. And uh, again, as always, please pitch us. Please, if you have a subject that you are passionate about that gets you really excited, please send an email telling us about it to mjfnovicepod at gmail.com. That is mjfnovicepod at gmail.com. And we will talk about it. If you are nearby, we can find a place to meet and sit down and have a conversation. If you are not geographically near me, we can do a phone call or a Skype interview or whatever works for you. We can get our recording equipment to make it work. And that's what we got this week, folks. We will see you next time. Have a good one, y'all.